Well, how is everybody today on Easter Sunday? It's a good day, isn't it? It's a great day to celebrate together. And we're, we're here because we're gathered around the name of Jesus, that name that is above all names. And it's the most inspiring, life-changing message that we can possibly lay hold of, this whole revelation that Jesus is alive. And I don't know if you, you know this, but I want to share this with you. Death could not stop him. The grave could not hold on to him. Sin did not defeat him. And the devil could not destroy him because on the third day, the Bible says, Jesus rose from the grave by the power of God the Father. That's worth celebrating, isn't it? Amen? We're celebrating that today. And I want to welcome you here again. We're glad that you've chosen to be with us on Easter Sunday. My name is Sandy Isfeld. I'm on staff here. And it's our delight to be able to, to be with you today and to host these three services. We're trusting God to work in our hearts and encourage us and build us up so that we can keep believing in him and I want to talk to you today about how there's no other name and I want to share with you from the scriptures why that's so powerful and why that's so important but just before we get into the scriptures I want to mention something to you I think names are very very important and we spend a lot of time in our own lives naming things don't we for instance that young couple that just had their first newborn baby right they're looking on the internet for names they're looking in in books for names and Maybe a week goes by, or maybe a month goes by, or maybe a couple months goes by, and finally that baby gets the chosen name, right? And they celebrate that name over their child, which often, if it's a girl, begins with the letter A or E. Have you guys noticed that? There's a lot of baby girls born, and their name is A or E something. It's a real phenomenon that's going on here. People love to name their children, and they should. People also love to name their pets. I bet you some of you have a pet at home, and every time you say that pet's name, you've got this warm feeling of connection to your little animal, whatever your animal is. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. Some people name their motorcycles, like this guy here. Uh, or they name their quads. Or they name their cottages. You know, every time you send out an email, it requests that you put something in the subject line. It's, it's like you've got to name your electronic communication and your social media information. This whole idea of naming goes all the way back to the beginning of creation when the first person, Adam, was naming the animals. And I picture him one day looking around and he sees a lion and he goes, oh, it's big, it's hairy, it's bold. I'm going to call it a lion. And so it was named a lion. And then he sees a snake slithering on the ground and he's probably thinking, now what do I call this thing, right? So he ends up calling the snake a serpent. You know, it's not good to be a serpent. You know what the Bible says about them, right? So they don't have a good ending. But naming is really important. It's part of who we are as human beings. We name things because we're made in the image of God. Names define us. They characterize us. They shape our lives and our destinies. Now, God also does some naming. God decides to name certain things and certain people. In fact, one of the monumental experiences of naming happened when he gave the name to his son. And I want us to look at that in the scripture, so two passages in the New Testament, Philippians chapter 2 at verse 5, you can turn there, and Acts chapter 4 at verse 12. For those of you who are new with us, we teach out of the Bible, which is the scriptures, and we ask God to speak to us out of his book that he's given to us. So I want to read these passages for us right now. The words will be up on the screen as I share them with you. Philippians chapter 2 at verse 5. Here's what it says. In your relationships with one another... Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, 
did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's a great passage, isn't it? One more I'm going to read to you about the name of Jesus. Acts 4, verse 12. Here's what it says. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There is no other name. This means for us, friends, that there's something for us to believe in. There's something for us to claim there's something for us to lay hold of in our lives, something that can change us for now and for eternity. And so on this Easter celebration day, I just want us to know what we can really have and what we can really claim because there's no other name. So you guys ready for that? I just want to share a few things with you. First of all, in the name of Jesus, there's hope. There's hope in his name. And hope, real biblical hope, is so much more different than the kind of hope we have in everyday culture. Biblical hope is based on something that's going to happen. But you know, as we live our lives, we often talk about hoping in this and hoping in that. For instance, I'm hoping that our hockey team will pull it together after being down two games and somehow get to the next round of the playoffs. That's a hope that I don't know if it's going to be fulfilled, right? I hope that North Korea will settle down, don't you? and get along and play nice on the world stage. I hope that the price of oil will return to $70 a barrel. Well, some optimism in what I'm saying with you, right? And you can join in your heart with me on those hopes. But you wouldn't want to bet your whole life on them, right? Because you might get disappointed. You might be hoping in something that's not going to come to pass. But biblical hope, friends, true biblical hope is this. It is the joyful certain expectancy of good from God. That's what real hope is all about. And we have hope in God because of the name of Jesus and what he's done for us. There's hope in his name. And people all over the world need to know this, that there's no other name that can give them that kind of hope. This hope that they had in the original disciples was something that changed their world. The people that were following Jesus 2,000 years ago after the resurrection, they went out boldly proclaiming that there's hope in Jesus' name. Other names throughout human history have failed to bring that kind of hope. For instance, um, Caesar Augustus. <laughs> he claimed to be God, and there were some Roman coins back uh, 2,000 years ago with his image on it stamped the words God. Caesar Augustus claimed to be God. His son Octavius called himself the Son of God. And that was a rival to the Christian faith back then. But Caesar Augustus has died and so has Octavius. And their claim to be God or the Son of God has fallen short. Other names throughout history have disappointed us. Other would-be saviors will let us down. Other religious pathways 
with big names will overpromise and underdeliver. The bones of Buddha have disintegrated into complete dust by now after he was buried in his tomb. Reincarnation as an illusion gets you stu- uh, stuck in a cycle of endless death and life and rebirth over again and again and again. The idea is that one day you'll be good enough to transcend your own human experience and reach perfection. But it never happens. Karma is at best a little bit true as it lines up to what the Bible teaches that what we sow, we reap. Right? That's a biblical truth. God came up with that idea. It's not just karma. And I find karma really growing in our culture. and It's kind of fascinating to hear about it. Uh, I've, I've noticed that there's, there's dating karma. You guys heard of that? Dating karma. There's working karma. Uh, there's internet karma. There's relational karma. And uh, there's credit karma, right? And uh, this poster kind of brings it all to home. It says, Dear Karma, I have a list of all the people that you missed. Karma will disappoint you if you're putting your faith in that. If you are hoping in science to solve all the world's problems, guess what? It's going to fail to deliver on it. Some world-renowned scientists are now saying they've come to the conclusion, it's almost like a faith statement, that something unexplainable is holding the whole universe together. Well, we know who that is. And we know it's God. And even science is saying we don't have the answers that we thought that we would have by now. The name of Jesus is like no other name. It has survived the test of time. It has changed people's lives. And here's what his name really is in the Bible. Jesus Christ the Lord. I don't know if you know that. There's three titles there. Jesus Christ the Lord. And Jesus means the one who saves. Christ means the anointed one. The one who comes to us with God's presence and power. And Lord means ruler, king of the universe. This is the name that he was given by God the Father because he was obedient to the will of his Father. He experienced death for the whole human race. And so he was given the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. There's no other name. So there's hope that you can have in his name. Here's the next thing. There's forgiveness in the name of Jesus. That means that God, through Christ, will forgive us of all the things that we've done that are wrong because we all have a debt that we owe to God in that way. Many years ago, when I went off to college with my wife, Marianne, we moved to a different city where we would spend four years and prepare for uh, this role that we're in now. And uh, we went there kind of broke. And so we took out a student loan thinking we might need it, which is always a bad thing to do because if you have a student loan just sitting there, guess what happens? you start using it, right? So we used it, and year two, we didn't need a loan, and year three, we didn't need a loan, nor year four. And after we graduated, we had this debt to pay off. And I remember appealing to the government, saying, well, what's the lowest payment I can make? I think it was like $25 a month. And so we started paying $25 a month on my student loan. Did that for years. You know, and it's just like, it's never going to go away, this debt. It's always going to be there. I'm going to be 85 years old one day, and I'm still going to owe the government money. Then I got a letter in the mail about three or four years later, and someone said, you know, we've looked at your file, Alexander Isfeld, and we've seen that you've been trying to make some payments here. We're going to do something for you. We're going to forgive you your debt. 
we're going to absolve you of your loan. I'm like, really? Is that God or the government? I couldn't tell for a moment. So I just said, thank you. And we celebrated that. And that debt was instantly erased from our lives. That's awesome when those experiences take place. I don't know if you realize this or not, but every one of us has been in debt to God. We have a debt that we cannot even pay. We have fallen short, the Bible says, of His glory. Fallen short of who we're supposed to be and and how we're supposed to live with Him. But I want you to know the good news today that is our debt has been paid by God Himself. God has, has, has resolved this debt through the sending of His Son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins so that we don't have to pay for our mistakes. And so all of our failures, all of our burdens, all of our regrets, all of our sins, we're all paid for by God Himself. Isn't that awesome? We just have to believe Him for that. We have to trust Him for that great transaction. In Philippians 2, it says that Jesus humbled Himself to death, even death on a cross. That's the cost it took on God's part. His Son had to embrace all of our fallenness so that we could be rescued and restored to our Heavenly Father. So Jesus humbled himself and did that. There's forgiveness in his name. So the moment you pray, the moment you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, at that very moment, your sins are wiped out because of what he's done on the cross and by his resurrection. This is a great thing to celebrate. And there's no other name. So if you have chains of guilt, perhaps today, where you're just feeling like you don't measure up to God, those chains can be broken by the power of Jesus' name. If you have chains of shame where you're just embarrassed about, you know, some mistakes that you may have made in your life, those chains of shame can be broken off through the name of Jesus. If you have chains of condemnation where you're living, you know, feeling like you can never actually achieve what God wants you to achieve, those chains of condemnation can be broken off you today because there's no other name. And then there's freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom. That's because Jesus has become victorious in death and resurrection. And he offers to set us free from those things that torment us. So in chapter 2 of Philippians, at verse 9, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. There's three realms there. There's stuff in heaven, there's stuff on earth, and there's stuff under the earth, it's saying. And in every one of those realms, Jesus reigns supreme. Jesus sets us free from torment. Jesus sets us free from chains of bondage or chains of bitterness. There are chains in people's lives. And it just stuns me to to just be able to realize that again, that there's so many people who live their lives living with these chains of darkness that keep them from walking in the light of God. And yet it's true. Friends, there's torment in people's lives because there's a tormentor. There's actually a personal being who goes out throughout the earth here trying to torment people. When Jesus was on earth, he went around setting people free from the power of the devil And there is a demonic world. And they do have a certain amount of influence and power over people who allow their force to work in their lives. And we can be set free from those chains of darkness 
by calling on the name of Jesus. He sets captives free. So if you're here today and you've you, you got some of that torment going on, I want to I let you know there's hope for you. I, I want to let you know that you don't have to have those voices in your head telling you to do evil things anymore. That you don't have to succumb to that pressure and that, that gripping fear and paranoia that paralyzes your life. That that torment was dealt with by Jesus on the cross. And every week around here, in our church, we are seeing people be set free from those kind of chains. It's happening in our city. It's happening in our community. People are asking God to do what only God can do, and He's doing it. The name of Jesus can break off every chain that we have in our life because there's no other name. And then there's healing in the name of Jesus. In the Bible, there's a story about this. In Acts chapter 3, it tells us that one day, Peter and John, they're followers of Jesus, they go down to the temple to pray. And this is after the resurrection of Jesus, so a lot has changed. And they're going down to this building to pray, and they see a, a man outside the temple, and he's laying on the ground. He's been crippled from birth. And he's got a cup there, and he's asking for some money because he's begging for a living. He's hoping that he'll get a few coins put into his cup so that he can buy a meal and last another half of a day or so. And so he's begging for money from Peter and John, and they come up to him and they say, look at us, just look upon us. And Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. Now try to imagine if you're that man that's laying there. You've been laying there for 30, 40 years. You've never walked in your life. You don't even know what that experience is like. And you're thinking, what, what are they saying? Is it really possible that through the name of Jesus I could be healed? And so this person is probably struggling with all that, maybe a little bit embarrassed that he's put on the spot. But he lays hold of this by faith. And he rises up and energy comes into his legs for the first time. And he walks and he jumps and he leaps and he praises God. And it's a huge, huge miracle of healing in the Bible. This was such a big moment that all kinds of people came around and were asking questions like, what happened to that guy? I've seen him here every day. He can't walk. He's walking now. What, what changed? How did this happen? So Peter the Apostle knew that people were talking about it, and this is what he says in Acts chapter 3 to clarify what happened. Verse 16, he says, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Friends, this Bible is full of those stories. Absolutely full of them. God is a God who heals people, who restores their lives physically. And he's still healing people today in the name of Jesus. Every single person in the Bible who came into the presence of Jesus and asked to be healed were healed. So he healed paralyzed people, blind people, deaf people, people who had seizures and epilepsy, people who had blood disorders, people who could not walk, and people who could not talk. And he's still doing that today. It's happening in lots of places in this world. I'll let you in on a secret. It's even happening in our city. It's even happening in our community here in this church. After the 9 a.m. service, uh, a man came up and talked to one of our pastors, so just an hour ago. And he said that while I was speaking on this part of my message about Jesus 
healing people, he reached out by faith. He had a torn bicep when he came in. Couldn't hardly move it. And he felt something, kind of like a, a surge of energy go down his arm, and he started to move it, and he was completely healed in the 9 a.m. service. Just telling you. Nobody prayed for him. He just laid hold of it. So you're sitting here today, and I'm thinking, what is it that you want to trust Jesus for? What chain in your life physically do you want him to remove from you today? He's in the room, and he's ready to answer some bold prayers. There's no other name. One more thing I'll share with you here. There's power in the name of Jesus, and it's a power that strengthens you. It replaces your weakness with God's strength. And this flows out of what Jesus does for us. He said on one occasion, if any one of you is tired and weary and overwhelmed, come to me and I will give you rest. He promises to give us strength. And I think some of us need that. We need the power of the Lord in our lives to rise up above discouragement and difficulty and despair. And this power, this strength through the name of Jesus flows out of his resurrection. In Ephesians chapter 1 at verse 19, it says this, His incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. There's power in the name of Jesus. So are you feeling that power today? Are you sensing it? Have you ever encountered that kind of strength from God? Are you facing something that's just too heavy to bear in your life? Maybe you're here today and you're going through a really tough time in life. It does happen to us. Do you need the name of Jesus in your life? Are there chains of weariness and weakness that need to be broken off you today? God wants to set us all free because there's no other name. There's power in his name, power to change us, power to give us the ability to even believe in him. I want to share this verse with you from the New Testament. It says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We've got to believe in his name. We can't just believe in Christianity. We can't just believe in church life. We can't just believe in a tradition. We've got to believe in his name. And there is power in his name. Power to give us freedom. Power to give us forgiveness. Power to give us hope and healing through the name of Jesus. There is no other name. And in a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to respond to this and ask Jesus through his name to change your life, to meet your great need. But before we do that, I want you to see a, a story here. I want you to take in a moment of someone really special in our church, a woman from this congregation who experienced all of this and who knows that there's hope and there's healing and power in the name of Jesus. Let's take in this great story. My story began about seven years ago when I got injured and I ended up damaging the vestibular in my ear and it caused chronic vertigo. When, when I was that sick, 
you, you can't even read because you try reading and, and all the words just you get all mixed up and you just get so dizzy and nauseous that you end up throwing up. Reading my Bible was out of the question. And I think that was the hardest thing for me to accept. Hours were spent in bed just listening to the Bible. I had God's comfort that way. Walking on my own was really out of the question. I, I would just fall over. I always liked to encourage and to help people. And I just didn't feel that I could do that anymore. And if I couldn't be encouraging people and I couldn't be helping people, then really, what good was I? God healed me on a Sunday at an extended worship service. So we went and we sat down and then after the extended worship service, Tony literally brought me up front because by then I, I could barely even walk. And Doug just started praying. And I think he had his hand over my ear. It's the left ear that the vestibular was damaged in. And he was just praying and praying and praying. And I remember him asking me, if there was anything in my life that I possibly thought, you know, I should hand over to God. And then I remembered an argument that I had with my dad. And I told Doug, I never apologized to my father for losing my patience and yelling at him like that. And so that was one thing that I could think of. So Doug said, okay, and then he continued praying, and I don't know how long they prayed. I think Tony said they prayed for about 45 minutes, but I, I was just so out of it. And, and then all of a sudden, Doug says to me, well, how do you feel, Sandy? <laughs> I just looked at him and thought, what do you mean, how do I feel? <laughs> I feel the same. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah, but you know what? My body's not shaking right now. And he goes, I know, I felt when it stopped. And I just looked at him and I thought, my body's not shaking. And I looked at Tony and I, I was just so excited. And Doug said to me, I want you to stand up. I stood up, but Tony reached and Pastor Sandy reached to help me up. But by the time they could get there to help me up, I was standing. And I just looked at Tony and I wasn't dizzy. And I turned around and I looked at Doug and, and he's going, what? And I said, this is incredible. I said, I'm not dizzy. My body's not shaking. I'm not even nauseous. And he looked at me and he said, really? And I told Tony, I said, I can't believe this, look at me, I can turn my head and I don't fall over and I actually spun around. It was miraculous. God healed me on the spot. I don't ever want to forget where I was so that I never forget the glorious gift that God did. I need that meeting, meeting me.
I'm back to reading my Bible. I'm back to going through all the books. I, I've even started uh, writing scripture out again, and it just makes me feel so good. I don't have to listen to the Bible anymore. I, I can actually read it. God has a reason for for me, and He has a reason that He heals me. I don't know. I, I see myself as energetic, um, lucky, or I guess you shouldn't use the word luck. Blessed. I feel very blessed. that good? Amen. So powerful what Jesus does for us. Sandy's story includes this as well, that for six years she prayed to be healed and was never healed. Sometimes we need to be encouraged, those of us who have not yet been healed, to keep trusting. We have a saying around here for those who are not yet healed. We say, not yet. But there's strength in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There's forgiveness in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. A friend, could it be possible that God has brought you here today to this Easter service? Could, he, could it be possible that somehow He just you know, arranged your calendar in such a way that you ended up here? Maybe it's been a long time since you've been in church. And he's really speaking to your heart. And he wants you to know about his love. He wants you to know how much he cares about you. How much affection he has for you. He loves you. And maybe he's inviting you back to a relationship with him that you've had a long time ago. It hasn't gone well for a while. Or maybe he's inviting you to have a relationship with him for the first time. I don't know where your heart is today, but I do know there's no other name. No other name. And so in a moment here, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. To mark this moment. Say yes to God. Yes. Of course, yes to God. To respond to his love and to receive Christ into your life. So would you take a moment and bow your heart with me? We often pray this prayer at the end of our services. It's a prayer to ask Jesus to break every chain, to break all the chains of guilt and shame off of our lives, to break the chain of bitterness off of our lives, to break the chain of torment off of our lives, to break the chain of sickness or disease off of our lives because there's no other name. So just keep your heart bowed with me now. I want, I want to lead you with some words. I encourage you, make these words your prayer to God. Let's all pray this prayer. Those of us who've never prayed it before and those of us who've prayed it many times, can we all say it together to God? Let's pray. Jesus, I believe there's no other name but yours. I believe you are the Son of God. 
thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I repent of them. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for rising from the dead and giving me life. I put my hope in you. I ask you into my life to restore me to you, to heal me, to set me free, to strengthen me, to give me eternal life. I'm trusting in you because there's no other name. And I thank you now that you've come into my life. God is so good, isn't he? He's so good. He loves us so much. He pursues us until we get to that moment when we've surrendered. And I want to encourage you, if you've prayed along with me for the first time and done that, I want to encourage you to mark that moment and celebrate in your life and let some friends know that this day, this day, you said yes to him. You said yes to him. He'll never leave you alone. He's so awesome. There's no other name like his. Well, right now, our hosts are coming to hand out uh, a green card like this. And we're asking that every person here take one of these cards and hold on to it. And if you just pray with Sandy, you just said yes to Jesus. Yes, I want to be saved. Yes, I want to be healed. Yes, I want hope. Friend, let me tell you, welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome. This is your day. This is that day that everything changes because this is the day that you've said yes to following Jesus. And so we want to celebrate that. We do celebrate that. But also, also we want to be able to journey with you as a church. We, we want to make sure that this this thing right now that, that you've decided to do to follow Jesus, that we are able to, to track with you, to, to help you, to encourage you along the way, to, to get everything that we need to get into your hands to make sure that this journey with Jesus is successful. And so right now, we're asking you to fill out one of these cards. Take these cards, every single person in here, and would you fill it out? Would you let us know where you're at today? Maybe you just made that decision. Maybe you made that decision 40 years ago. It doesn't matter. We're asking you to fill out this card today and let us know. Because we know that there are some of you today that have made that decision for the first time. And we want to track with you, journey with you, celebrate you and with you. So would you take this card and fill it out? And then on your way out this morning, our hosts are going to be at the back doors. You can drop that card off with our hosts. And, um, and they'll collect that information. So we're not going to spam you if you fill this out. Please just fill it out and let us know where you're at today. Maybe, maybe some of you have made that decision today. Maybe you're not really sure who this Jesus person quite is yet. And you want more information. Let us know through this card as well. And we would love to be in contact with you to continue the conversation with you that we started right here in this morning, this moment. So would you fill that card out, drop it off. Also, some of you, you, you like to do this kind of digitally. And so if that's you, we can also, you can text in that decision that you made to follow Jesus just by simply texting the word follow, 
follow to the number that's up on the screens, 587-803-0600. And we're going to receive that text from you, and we'll be able to communicate with you and help you as you as you continue journeying with Jesus. So fill that out, and then on your way, drop it off the back door. And that's really going to help us. We thank you for doing that. Now, would you stand with us? We're going to continue singing and praising and worshiping Jesus, the name above all names. Let's do that.